Thanks so much guys for leading us to this point. Love you so, so much. Just want to say huge, huge privilege to be able to speak into your world in this time, um, especially for all those guys who are tuning in from all over the world and listening. It just encourages us to be able to encourage you. Please keep giving us your feedback. It's so, so helpful. Come on, we're in this together, aren't we? We can pull together. We're winning. Let's push, let's push, let's push, because we're going to come out the other side better and stronger. I've got another great message for you today. Um, I want to share some great thoughts with you and build into a picture that we're going to develop over the next few weeks. And my title is, What an Absolute Character. What an Absolute Character. I'll develop that with you as we push through and, and you'll understand what it means exactly. But we're in this difficult moment in time and we in, in the UK, at least, they've been in lockdown for three weeks. They've just, or three and a half weeks, they've just announced another three. Come on, guys, we can go again. Um, but the average language I'm hearing, and I'm sure you will be too, is that there's going to be new normals. The old normals aren't, we're not going to revert back to what it was. There will be new normals. Now, I'm hearing this from the government. I'm hearing it on the news. I'm hearing it from spiritual leaders. I'm hearing it from the financial leaders. I know I've even said it myself, but there is going to be new normals. And we're starting to get our head round. What even is that? But here's the thought I want to develop, and I want to develop it over the next few weeks. If there is going to be a new normal, do you want to put your old self into the middle of it? If there's going to be a new normal, do you want to put the, your old self into the middle of that new normal? Here's a phrase that some of you will be familiar with. You can take the girl out of Essex, but you can't take the Essex out of the girl. I'm sure many of you have heard that. Here I am sitting in Essex, an Essex boy myself, and I've heard that many, many times. And, and it's, it's highly unfair, and it brings all kinds of implications that aren't true. Um, but I know this. Some of the most amazing girls in my life are Essex girls, and I married one, and she's awesome. So if you're an Essex girl out there, give yourself a pat on the back. We love you. But the, the, the thing that phrase is meaning is that you can take someone and put them somewhere else, and because they won't change their behaviour, because they'll behave the same, they'll just get the same results. So you could take an Essex girl and put them somewhere else in the world, and there will still be an Essex girl. That's the implication. So I'm wondering if we can learn from that phrase and the things we don't want to take this version of Barry Roberts in this normal and put the same Barry Roberts into a new normal because I'll behave the same and get the same results. This is a moment in time where we get to pause. Wouldn't it be good to consider, to think, to pray and to choose to improve upon ourselves so that we take a new version of ourselves into our new normal and therefore get different and better results, bringing greater satisfaction into our world. Isn't that what we want? What an opportunity. Our Equippers Church mission is to equip people for faith, and, sorry, to equip people for life through faith in Jesus Christ. And so the idea is we want to equip people to flourish. We want to equip people to succeed. And the best way of doing that is through faith in Jesus Christ. So what I want to do is to look at some biblical characters and to, to understand the, the things they were good at, the things they struggled with, learn from that and apply it to ourselves today so that we can develop our own character as we step into a new normal. Are you with me?
So I call this one absolute character. And, and the idea there is that there will be people in your world who are, you know, maybe jokers. You know, everywhere they go, they're doing something silly. And you'll look at each other and go, what an absolute character. Or there might be someone who behaves in an unusual way and consistently behaves in an unusual way. And you think, oh, well, here we go, what a character. You can understand what we're saying here because really character is linked to behavior. The person you are on the inside eventually becomes evident on the outside and you behave that way. So you're saying something about what's on the inside of them because of the way they're behaving. They're a joker all the time. What an absolute character. Can you see the link? The dictionary, if you look in the dictionary, this is what it says about character. It says mental or moral qualities of an individual. So it's about what's going on on the inside of you, your thought processes, what you navigate through life based on, affects your behaviour. And so it's evident on the outside. Can I throw into that too spiritual? Mental, moral and spiritual. So depending on where you stand spiritually will affect how you're going to behave. It becomes part of your character. Your character will ultimately push you forward in life or hold you back in life. So I want to suggest in this moment in time is well worth looking at our character and allow God to develop it. Allow yourself to consider it so that we can start working on ourselves to take a new version of ourselves into what's going to become our new normal. Let me share you a Bible verse. Romans chapter 5 and verses 3 through 5 say this. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we can really relate to that right now. We are in the middle of a tribulation. We're in the middle of something difficult, and all humanity is getting touched by it. This is a difficult time. But what happens as we're coming through in the UK week three and four, we are having to persevere. And what that's doing is that's doing something on the inside of us, developing character. We've done three weeks. We can look at that and go, do you know what? I could do another week. I've done three. I'm developing the character for it. And so it's producing hope. We've done it before. We can do it again. I've got the character and strength for it. What I love about my faith is this, and it's right there, that the Holy Spirit lives in me. For anyone who loves Jesus, you can just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. That's all he's asking for, and he will come into your world. And he creates a platform. And he creates a platform for us to walk out from. And so here we are in this middle of this tribulation, this difficult time, and I'm able to persevere, not just on my own strength, but based on the strength of God in me. And that develops character in me to be able to handle my stuff. And because I can handle my stuff, it gives me hope. I'm going to be all right. Do you know why? Because God's doing something on the inside of me, enabling me to persevere. He's doing something on my character, which gives me hope that I will succeed. I've got a history of it. I've walked with Jesus for so many years, and I've gone through some difficult dips in my world, but on every single occasion, God was there with me. And he's done something on the inside of me, my character, which enables me to develop, to handle my stuff, and therefore I live a life of hope, because I will come out the other side, and I will come out the, side, the other side flourishing. And so will you. So be encouraged in this moment. So what I want to do is look at some biblical characters, and I want to start today's session by looking at Samson. 
Uh, I'm not going to read you his whole story, but you've got time on your hands, no doubt, so I encourage you to go and read it for yourself. You will find Samson's story in the book of Judges, chapters 13 through to 16. It's probably four pages worth of your Bible. Go and give it a read later today. Read for yourself. Develop it yourself. Let me share some thoughts with you, but you're clever people. Work on it yourself. How does it apply to you today? But giving the overview of, of Samson, he was born a Nazarite. And Nazarite is someone who is specifically set aside to God, set apart to God for a purpose. Uh, God called them who were Nazarites to live exceptional lives. They weren't to cut their hair, they weren't to touch alcohol, they certainly weren't to touch unclean foods. They were holy, they were set apart, they were called to another level of living. And they all had purpose. And Samson's purpose was to set the people of Judah free from the Philistine oppression. He was called and set apart for this purpose. God had given him immense strength. Now, even those of you who, who maybe aren't churchgoers will, will know that Samson was this strong guy. And he was just able to do amazing things. There's a story there where he goes into the city and he lists the city gates. Not like your back fence gate, the city gate off of its posts and carries it up a hill as a demonstration of his strength. There's a moment when he takes the, the, the jawbone of a carcass and defeats a thousand Philistines single-handedly. He just had this amazing strength. He tore apart a lion bare hands. There is story after story after story of this great strength that Samson had. He was epically strong. He had great faith and he trusted God. But he had flaws in his character. And I want to look at some of these flaws because I think we can relate to some of them. And he was particularly impulsive. He wanted what he wanted, so he went and got what he wanted. He was Samson. He was strong. He could have it. And he could. He married a Philistine woman. Now, right there, is that the wisest choice? It's kind of picking a fight. You know, impulsive. He, he came across the carcass of the lion that he killed and it had honey developed in it. And he took the honey and he ate it. Now, anything that comes out of a dead carcass is unclean. Here he is a Nazarite, now eating unclean food. It was just impulsive. It was there, I'll have it. He visited a prostitute in Gaza. You know, he, he, he wanted this wife. He wanted this food. He wanted this woman. So he went and got it. Because he could. He had this impulsiveness about his character. He didn't think everything through. He eventually fell for this woman, fell in love with this woman called Delilah. Many of you will be familiar with the story Samson and Delilah. And here it is, biblical story. Again, not a great move. She was an attractive woman, a very sexually provocative woman. And she caught Samson's eye and he went for it. And he fell for her. But Delilah was bribed, if you like, by the Philistines. She was offered vast sums of money to find out what the secret was behind Samson's strength. Now, his strength was attached to his hair. He was a Nazarite. He couldn't cut his hair. So God had blessed him with the ability to have great strength linked to his hair. And so she would you know, get alongside him, get in his ear, and she would nag him. Samson, if you love me... If you love me, tell me, why are you so, how are you so strong? And Samson would listen to her and he would just give her silly answers. You know, he'd say things like, was like, you know, if you tie my hair in seven braids and put it in a loom, I'll lose all my strength. And of course, in the night, the Philistines come and did exactly that. 
And then he woke up and they were all ready to get him, but that didn't affect him at all. He went, ta-da! And he broke out of it. He was strong and he pushed them back because he was Samson and he could. But she nagged some more and he must have known by now what she was up to. And he said, oh no, but if you use, if you use brand new cords and tie me with new cords, unused cords, I will lose my strength. And of course, in the night, the Philistines turn up and they tie him with brand new cords and he wakes up in the morning, ta-da, and he breaks out of it. Now, I don't know what's going on in Delilah's head right now, but I do know this, she kept on nagging, nagging. If you love me, why do you keep lying to me? You're embarrassing me. Tell me the truth. Now, he knew what was going on, and yet he listened to the nagging voices. They got into his head. And he told her the truth. He said, my strength is attached to my hair. If you cut my hair, I'll lose my strength. And then in the night, the Philistines come while he's sleeping and shave his hair off and they tie him up. And when he wakes up in the morning, he goes to break out of it and do his ta-da thing, but he can't because this time he's giving his secrets away and he can't break free. And this is what they do, fairly horrendous. They gouge his eyes out. And so now he has no strength and he's blind. And so, in effect, his, his weakness in his character has completely ruined his life. He listened to the nagging. He was impulsive. He made ill-thought-through decisions. It's brought him to this place now where he's lost his strength and he can't see. But here in this story where I believe you see the heart and the graciousness of God. You see, what happens is the Philistines are celebrating. And over a period of time, they get on living life. And during this time, what happens? Samson's hair starts to grow back. And so they're celebrating in the temple and they say, bring out Samson so we can laugh at him and mock him. And they bring him out and he's blind, but his head's growing back. And so he says to the person walking him, he says, put me near the pillars. And so they put him near the pillars. And then he says, God, just give me one last effort. And he pushes the pillars and the whole temple comes down, destroying all the key men and women of Philistine, all the leaders. And it just, he fulfills his mission with his final act. And I believe right there, even despite his character flaws, even despite his poor lifestyle, God still honoured the gift on his life. Isn't that so, so awesome? But here's what I'm wondering. If this guy who is called by God, who is strong and gifted and full of faith, yet had a flaw in his character that ultimately destroyed him, shouldn't we be learning from that? He had this impulsiveness about him, and this willingness to listen to the nagging voice about him, which ultimately destroyed him. If you're a note taker, here's a note I want you to take. He prioritised momentary pleasure for, for overlasting satisfaction. He prioritised lasting uh, momentary pleasure over lasting satisfaction. And I'm wondering how we can apply that to today. See, I think the normal we've been living in has so many elements in it which we can see are not great. We are a community of people living with huge debts. We are a community of people where we are seeing relationships break down all around us. We are a community of people with ill health. And some of that, not all of it, but some of that is linked with people seeing what they want and getting it come what may and paying a price for it later. See, we're in a living in a normal where relationships are breaking down because someone else catches your eye. And it takes your eye off 
the last is satisfaction, then you get sidetracked by, I could have that. And you pay a price for it later. You have momentary pleasure destroying lasting satisfaction. You have relationships breaking down because people start prioritizing hobbies and time-consuming activities which eventually take them away from developing the relationship and they get sidetracked by something else. And it might not completely destroy the relationship but it brings a negative aspect into the relationship. And it's because we're not thinking about what's the goal here. We are getting sidetracked easily and we are easily impulsive. We're looking at our friends and our colleagues and our neighbours living this lifestyle where they've got stuff. And there's this nagging in you saying, I could have that. Look how much they're enjoying life. And I could just go and get it. And we impulsively go and get it to keep up with the Joneses. And we have this momentary pleasure, but we pay for it later. We think it's making people happy and we buy into that. We're living in this time where there's ill health because instead of considering our lifestyle over the long term, we think, oh, I'll eat this and I'll drink this and it becomes a habit over time and it becomes your normal over time. And we're eating and drinking poorly, we're sleeping poorly, there's a lack of exercise across the whole and we're in ill health. And it's because we're just impulsive and we're not considered and so I suppose I'm wondering, in this pause, in this lockdown, could we learn something from Samson's life where he listened to the nagging, where he was impulsive and it destroyed his life? Could we stop and ask ourselves some big questions? How do you want to live? What do you really value? What is the goal? In this moment, are we realising more than ever what's really important to us? And could we take those real truths and cause them to become part of who we are? I am prioritising certain things because I want to step into a new normal with different goals. I want to step into a new normal with a different character, prioritising new things that will become my behaviours and therefore lead to greater and longer lasting satisfaction. Are you with me? We can learn from this. Come on, people. Could we develop some character? Now, there's this issue in Samson, but as we go forward in different weeks, there are other character flaws that we want to look at and other character attributes we want to look at. But for today, are you impulsive? Do you listen to the nagging around you? Have you thought through what you're spending your time, your money, your energy into? And is it developing the character inside of you that you want to be? And so therefore affecting the behaviour about how you want to live. I love that God is so, so gracious. Now he stands with us, come what may, in the good decisions and the poor decisions. God says, I'm never going to leave you. I'll be there. But how much could God bless us if we made wise choices? if we actually prayed things through, if we included the wisdom of others before we made huge choices on spending and investment of time, if we actually stopped being impulsive based on the nagging of the advertising world around us. There's these adverts that say, if you get this, if you buy my product, your life is going to be better. And it might be for a short time, but then you have to pay for it. And the trouble is we're looking at people and their friends around us and they're living these lives and you're thinking, oh, I could, I could go and do that. And then we end up doing it. 
But what happens is if you dig deeper, if you look at those same friends of yours, those same relatives of those, those same colleagues of yours, and you ask the questions and dig beneath the surface, so often there is struggle and strife and hassle in the background that you're not seeing in this sort of overview of what looks like a great life. So I want to bring some biblical wisdom into it. And I want to challenge you to wrestle in this lockdown period What's going to be important to you? How could you develop yourself to take a new version of you into a new normal? And I want to say the best way to do that is to do it biblically based. Do it through a relationship with Jesus. Do it Holy Spirit inspired. It will change your world. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22 says this. Plans fail for the lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. See, how about before you steam into your next big financial commitment, before you steam into your next relationship, before you steam into your next extensive use of time, how about you get some advice from people you trust? I'm considering doing this. Now, I don't want to be impulsive. I don't just want to go, yeah, I can do it, so I'm going to do it. How about you go to someone and say, give me your thoughts on this, because I value you. I see you as a wise person. I want to just include you in my decision making. Do you know what the Bible says there? It causes your plans to succeed. How about this in Proverbs 16 and verse 9? In the hearts of human, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. How about before you go about making huge decisions in your world? Be actually brave. I know so many faith-filled people who don't actually pray about stuff. How about we change that in our character and say, this is how I'm going to live. I'm actually going to pray. And this is where it's so releasing. You know, I might be applying for a job. I'm thinking I could go for that job. But before I apply for that job, I say, Lord, I'm committing it to you. I've checked with my friends and they say, yeah, this is a good idea. Why don't you push that door? But I'm going to you, Lord God, because if you want me to have this job, I know you'll open the door. But if you don't, I accept you'll close the door. Do you know that's so releasing? Because that means I can go into that interview knowing if I fail and I don't get it, that I committed it to God and he's closed the door. It's not then a reflection on my abilities. It's a submission to God's authority in my life that he's got a better door for me to open. It's the most released and free way of living and it develops hope in me that there's a better opportunity coming my way. You don't live in disappointment because I included God right in the middle of it. God is looking for people who will walk with him so he could unleash his full blessing on people. But he's looking for people who have the character to handle that full blessing. Ask yourself this, you want to be wealthy? Could you handle financial wealth? Do you want to be married? Could you handle the pressures of being married? Do you want that promotion? Could you handle the extra responsibility? Do you want to have children? Could you handle having all those pressures and sleeplessness and things it brings into your world? Do you have the character for it? So how about start developing the character now for, to handle the stuff you're believing for tomorrow? As you step into new norms, could you have a new character to handle new blessing? God wants to bless you. And here's what I love about God. We've established, and I'm sure you agree with me, that we're living in a world which wants blessing, which wants to take hold and grab stuff, but then just finds breakdowns all over the place because they can't actually handle it. They're paying for it. It's a cost they didn't expect, and it's ruining lives because of the impulsiveness and the nagging of the advertising world. Here's what God says. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. 
The blessings of the Lord makes one rich, and he has no sorrow to it. You see, God wants your life to be rich. Now that can be financial, but it's not exclusively financial. He wants your life, your life to be rich, overflowing with laughter, with goodness and satisfaction, and without any of the hassles that can come with that, without any of the hassles that overreaching brings. It's the blessings of God that just allow your life to flourish with no hassles. The biblical word there is, he has no sorrow to it. I love that. God wants to bless you. But here's the key. And the key is a verse that for us as a church, we've made important to ourselves this year. You find it here in Isaiah 33 and verse 6. He will be a sure foundation in your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. See, in this difficult moment of time, God is the foundation that won't wobble. You see, our financial worlds are wobbling. Our health worlds are wobbling. Our relationships are wobbling. We were even talking about a new norm. What's been normal is wobbling. Do you know what? God will not wobble. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is my firm foundation. He is your firm foundation if you let him. And he's got good plans in store for you and he's not going to move. He's the rock I can stand on. He's the rock I can build my life on. But then he talks about he will be a rich door of salvation. He's going to set me free from the struggles in my life that I've wrestled with and wrestled with. He's going to help me through them. He's not going to leave me the same. He's going to take me to a better place. And the key to all of this is the fear of the Lord. Now, it's not being scared of God. It's revering him. It's honouring him. It's positioning him right in the middle of my world. As I position God's century to my world, he has said, you're going to have a firm foundation. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm going to set you up to win. That's always been his heart. I want to walk in the full blessings of God, so I want to be prepared to work on my character so that I can handle the full blessings of God as I walk forward. I want to challenge myself not to be so impulsive, not to listen to the nagging of the world and its desires and say, no, 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 I'm going to walk in wisdom. I'm going to walk in clarity. I'm going to decide what's important to me. What do I want my life to be about? And I'm going to get God right in the middle of that. I'm going to get the wisdom of others right in the middle of that so that I can walk forward confidently. These things take some effort and they take some discipline. But how about in this pause that we're all going through in life, we make the effort. We make the choice to be disciplined and we get Jesus right in the middle of our worlds so that we can develop a new version of ourselves to take into a new normal where we will flourish. Amen. I'd love to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you for every amazing person listening to these messages. Lord, I declare your blessings over them right now. But we choose right now to take these messages seriously and to apply them to ourselves in our situation. Lord, help us to consider our character. Help us to develop godly character. Help us to put you right in the middle of it. Surround us with wise people, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we could develop in such a way that we are going to flourish as we go forward. Thank you, Father. That's always been your heart for us. Amen, amen, amen. I just want to give an opportunity for anyone to respond right now. Every time I want to do this, the biggest and best decision you'll ever make in your life is to get Jesus in the middle. His plans for you are good. He declared his love for you on a cross. He rose again and defeated 
Every enemy that can come against you and says, come on, let's walk out this life together. And all he's looking for is a yes in your heart. And if you're prepared to say yes to Jesus, he's saying, I'll come into your world and we'll walk through this together and I will be your firm foundation. So if that's you today, I want to help you make a great decision. I'm going to pray. You pray this in your heart and give us some feedback. So let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me just as I am. Thank you that you sent Jesus to declare your love. Today, I choose to put you in the middle of my life. Jesus, I accept you. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived separate from you, and I step into a way of living with you. Thank you for your forgiveness and your love. I accept you. And all those people said, Amen. Hey, we'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for those who are feeding back to us. It's so good to hear that our services are a blessing to you. It encourages us. If you made a decision today, let us know. We want to walk it out with you. But from me to you, be blessed. Have an awesome week. Stay connected in church life. Reach out and love someone. But God bless you and your home.